This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum and the Ten Society. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. Welcome to Cut Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good evening, dude. Man, good evening to you, sir. How you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. Just so much, uh, gosh, so much going on right now. I feel like I say that every week. I'm just a broken record. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, man, lot, lots of moving parts. You know, uh, the shop's moving. We're getting ready for that and uh, slinging a whole bunch of pipes, man. We got uh, everything from uh, Costello's and Dunhill's moving out of the shop all the way to, uh, gosh, tons of Savinelli's and Briarworks. I just, I, I don't know i i have a very good uh good feel the, about the pipe community right now man That's things, good. things are things are just vibrant you know it makes you it makes you feel good it's, <laughs> it's a good time to be a pipe smoker so man uh yeah but um man things are things are going great what's going on with you dude well you know i'm i'm, I'm rocking and rolling by the time obviously that's uh this this hits the uh the the airwave so to speak i, sh- yeah. I hopefully will be on the uh on the sunny uh, or, or possibly stormy. I did check the weather, and it's not looking good. But hopefully, oh. I will be on the beach. Yeah, dude. Uh, enjoying a frosty beverage, and uh, man, some some Panama Jack Pina Colada. Thank you for hooking me up with no, that. No, I, I did. I, I felt like you needed that. You know, it was just uh, it, it was good. You, you've earned it. A little you've, vacation you've treat, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's oh, gonna it's be good. good. It's good. All right, but so we we got to pull the curtain back a little bit because, of course, we you know typically um, you know we we record the shows actually live right. with with people uh, to be able to to watch our our ugly mugs. <laughs> uh, for, for those that our enjoy faces that. for radio, right. yeah, yeah, just to just to validate the fact that you really shouldn't watch us. Uh, that's why we put it out there. Uh, but typically, we do it we do it live. Uh, however, because I'm I'm out of town this week, we're we're pre recording the show, and it, it kind of is, is this weird, interesting thing because with podcasting be delayed audio and delayed content, we don't necessarily get to do breaking news. Uh, and so there was some breaking news that occurred like <laughs> today, the, the day after we we recorded last week's episode, but also then the day of recording the following week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're going to share so with convoluted. you, yeah, yeah it's, it's breaking to us. But at this point, you all know about it. But but right. th- for those that don't necessarily follow the industry all that meticulously and, and who might be interested. Yeah, uh, man. Uh, so. What's been going on in, in the wonderful world of uh, legality and federal regulation? Yeah, and, and all and, that kind of and fun pipe stuff. Smoking, yeah, yeah I know, paperwork right? and pipe smoking. Well, it, it, it's interesting. Of course, we're going to dive into this deeper uh, next week. Next week, it, got a special episode yeah, teed up. Special for it. episode just for this. But uh, I'll just from the thirty thousand foot view of this deal uh, breaking today uh, as we're recording. Um, uh, yeah, the, so so the, as most people know, uh, of course, the FDA handed down all these uh, regulations of affecting the entire tobacco industry, uh, you know, they were given, uh, you know, uh, given uh, the authority by Congress in 2007 or eight, I believe, uh, to regulate all the premium tobacco products. And so a couple of years ago, they came out with all, all the regulations relating to that. And uh, and it, it heavily affected the pipe industry. Yeah, and as so, we've discussed you know, we've and covered. On and on and on. Yeah. And, 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 and it still is going to affect the pipe industry quite heavily. This is a big uh, shift in our, you know, our, our way of thinking, our, uh, our industry, our, our 
are um, you know how tobaccos are are processed and uh, and and sold and wholesaled and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it's certainly going to affect all this. But uh, today uh, it, it was announced that the uh, the federal court um, that has been hearing a lot of the uh, you know there's been the lawsuits that have come uh, from the industry uh, that have been filed against the the FDA. Um, uh, basically, on behalf of people like uh, people like us, pipe enthusiasts, pipe uh, retailers, uh, tobacconists, cigar rollers, cigar uh, manufacturers—you uh, know, all the people involved with this that have been affected—you um, know, thousands and thousands of people—you uh, know—the the lawsuits have been filed uh, on our behalf uh, by our trade organizations, particularly uh, Cigar Rights of America and IPCPR, uh, the International Premium uh, Cigar and Pipe Retailers Association. Wow, look at you so, quoting the acronym. I, I, I know, right? It's, it's good <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. Well, you know, we hadn't had any boodles tonight, so that, yeah, that, right, that, right. that, right, that helps. Um, yeah, d- don't ask me that on a Squire Select night. Yeah, but, of course not. Yeah, so these, uh, the, you know, these, these lawsuits had been filed, uh, you know, challenging the FDA's ruling, and, you know, there was uh, some hesitation, you know, a lot of folks thought this was, might be a lost cause, and, um, and, and frankly, for, uh, you know, there was a lot of discouraging news that came down today, because the, the judgment from the, the particular court that this was in, I believe it was a, a U.S. district court, um, you know, the judgment was not favorable overall for the tobacco industry. Cigars uh, got hammered. The user fees, the, uh, you know, fees for uh, applying for uh, new products and all that kind of stuff. The uh, the artwork that is going to have to go on cigar boxes and, uh, you know, all kinds of different tobacco products. It's it, it you know, overall today for the tobacco industry was 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 a bad day. But <laughs> uh, oddly enough, for uh, uh, for yours truly and for other retail tobacconists that are out there, there's a really important small piece of this deal mm. uh, that affects uh, affects retail tobacconists. Um, and 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 we were all uh, really concerned about and and today it was announced that part of this judgment the one of the very few parts that went our way <laughs> was actually pipe specific and it was where uh, the retail uh, tobacconist would not be treated as a manufacturer and that was a that was a really big deal yes. with the FDA ruling so yes. um, we're gonna we're, it, it's a big victory for us um, you know basically as the as the uh, you know regulations were written, uh, it would have treated uh, you know a shop like the Country Squire or uh, Ewan Reese or who you know whoever um, as a, uh, a you know if you blend pipe tobacco, you would be a manufacturer just like Philip Morris or uh, or Lane or you know uh, whoever you know that 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 makes uh, you know anything. Um, and so you know anyway, we're going to unpack this more next week. But it, it is a big uh, is a big victory for uh, craft blenders in retail settings all over the country, and uh, and and a big a big win for the pipe enthusiast community. Yeah, it really it really is. As Yep. So, so that's kind of just the the quick high levels, and I that's mean, like, right. Like yeah. you heard, there's good, bad, and ugly as kind of part of this ruling. It's, so, it's, it's really convoluted. It, it is, you know. But but for those of us that uh, that are into uh, purchasing hand blended pipe tobacco, this is good. Definitely yeah. a moment to uh, to celebrate in the midst of all the chaos. That's but right. Next that's week, right. like we said, we we'll got unpack a, that more. A much much bigger, deeper dive into that. So uh, for for those of you interested, be sure to check out next week's episode. But this week, man, we've got a special guest. 
uh, joining you here on the show. Dude, I know. Man, uh, talk about a, a, a bit of a, an industry heavy hitter, that's, if you will. That's right. That's right. Of course, uh, man, one of the most uh, renowned and, and revered names in all of uh, all of pipedom <laughs> is, uh, is, of course, the Dunhill Company and, and Dunhill Pipes. And uh, gosh, it's uh, it's just legendary. It's uh, yeah, the, the, the mystique that's behind it, the, uh, you know, exquisite craftsmanship and, of course, the history and the importance that company has played in the, uh, you know, development of the pipe uh, world and the pipe community. Uh, and so tonight, yeah, we're actually honored to have uh, the American distributor uh, for uh, Dunhill Pipes, Chris Feltz with Augusta USA, uh, is going to join us. And uh, we've got, got some good uh, good questions to ask him. We're excited about uh, excited about sharing that. All right, man. Well, let's throw it to you and Chris from Augusta USA. All right. So uh, here on Country Squire Radio, we are pleased to have Chris Feltz with Augusta USA. Chris is the uh, distributor of Dunhill Pipes, uh, the White Spot Pipes, uh, here in the United States. And uh, man, Chris, we're so so glad to have you, brother. Well, thank you, John David. Appreciate uh, you taking the time to speak with me. Yeah, man, that's it's great. We're uh, fired up. At, you know, uh, just Dunhill, of course, is such a legendary brand, and uh, the market's changing a lot. And Dunhill is one of those brands that has been uh, just so stable and and constant for literally a century. And uh, man, we, you know, just uh, you know, lots going on in the pipe industry. We thought it'd be a good time to check in with uh, one of the most you know venerated brands in the world. So, um, man, we're we're thrilled. Um, yeah, t- tell me, how does one come to work for uh, you know? probably the most revered pipe brand uh, in the world. How'd you get hooked up with Dunhill? Well, it was, it was, uh, I guess by luck, I, uh, when I got into the Marines, I got off active duty in the, uh, in 2000, started college here at Middle Tennessee State and studied agricultural business and was going to go work for USDA. Um, but I started working part-time at a cigar shop here in town. And yeah. they were a retailer of Dunhill pipes and accessories. And I started learning more and more about them. And I just knew it was this high-end luxury, just this beautiful handcrafted stuff from England. And, and uh, it just really was exciting. Well, later on in time, uh, a few years later, as I was graduating, a another company uh, picked up distribution here in the United States. Yeah. And they brought me along to uh, manage and run all aspects of Alfred Dunhill's Smokers products. And so that's what I'd been doing since 2003. And then um, in 2017, that company closed. And that's when and that was USA a, took over. Music City Marketing, is that right? Kind of a, a yes. pipe shop, smoke shop, a wholesaler, lots of different stuff. And one of the many things I guess they did was was the White Spot Dunhill products. And so you kind of quarterback that for them. And then and then uh, like you're, I think, about to mention it before I rudely interrupted, you had uh, you kind of moved off on your own after after they closed. Is that right? That's correct. After they closed, I. Um took over distribution along with the owners who are uh, from Rome, Italy. Uh, they are the distributors in, in Italy and Switzerland or Dunhill. Yeah. And so uh, I run their office here, uh, do all the office aspects, everything. And uh, we've been doing great. Uh, opened up in September of 2017 and running wide open. 
That's great, brother. You know, it's it's so funny. I kind of do have to chuckle, you know, a little bit when I think about uh, the most sophisticated uh, brand in in all of pipedom, and the uh, the U.S. representative for this brand sounds just like I do. <laughs> you know, just, that, that's uh, the best part. You're just, just a good old Tennessee boy, man, I, and I love it. I love it. It's it's really that's great. Right. That's right. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Why why do you think you know Dunhill? We'll talk about just the brand in general over the past, you know. It, you know, century really, but why do you think Dunhill has had that kind of lasting popularity uh, that it's enjoyed? Well, number one is is because Dunhill has always been a mysterious brand in the pipe world. They do not let uh, they do not give tours of the factory. Um, they keep things very quiet about their processes, about manufacturing and everything else. So that's led throughout all these uh, decades of all this mysterious <clears throat> knowledge about what the, what people think goes on there and how they produce the product and make it. Um, but also it, it, it's the history of the brand, uh, how Alfred Dunhill got started making automobile gauges uh, when when the automobile first came out, and how he came to making a pipe um, when he was in uh, working with automotives, so all of that leads up to um, still all the same questions people have today. It's it's just a mysterious, very well known uh, luxury brand. Yeah. Yeah. And and it really is a luxury brand. You know, it's one of those things that we, you know, you think you've seen an expensive high-end pipe and and then you see the price tag on a Dunhill and you're like, "Man, that's that's uh, you know, that that's really something you know you've kind of made it when you can uh, you know, put enough of your shekels back and save them to 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 buy that first uh, you know, white spot pipe." Um, what do you think makes a, a Dunhill pipe uh unique compared to other other pipes? Well, the, the, I, I, if I were to give it just a few words on what makes it unique, it's, it's their process of manufacturing the pipe. It's their um, the same 90 steps that they go through from start to finish that yeah. they have done ever since the beginning of uh, when they started in 1912. It's, it's all those steps and the quality control that I must say has gotten so much better in the past uh, 15 years. Um, yeah. All of those aspects, those 90 steps, then when it finally passes the last quality control and goes out on the table for sale, uh, that's when, that's kind of what makes it what it is. So all those aspects come into play. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, there's you talk about the mystery behind it, the mysterious kind of the the veil that, of course, is held there, and you know, there's all the, you know, rumors or the, um, are 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 the pipes still uh, oil cured, and uh, you know, how long do they age the briar and and that kind of stuff? Do Do you have any insight on that that you can share? Well, I do because as a as a distributor, I've been able to. Of course, I've been to the factory. Um, some once, maybe twice every year since 2003. And I've seen yeah. all the processes of how they're made. Um, I, I've seen there, I've seen all these things, but there are still, even when I'm there, there are some, <laughs> there, there's some things that they will cover up with a blanket. 
that yeah. they still won't let me see. Um, I have seen the oil curing process take place. I have seen the this pegboard, so to say, of once the pipes are dipped in or however long, this is one of the things they don't tell me, how long they are soaked in this oil, which they still won't yeah. tell me what kind it is. Um, <laughs> I've seen the machine that dries it and extracts it back out of the pipe. I've seen them in that process. I've seen wow. all the other, how they hand bend the mouthpieces and cut them from a, a solid rod, put in the yep. white spot, staining, stamping, uh, shaping the pipe. I mean, everything. Yeah. Um, and it's it's all the, these guys that are doing it. Some of them have been doing it over 50 years. Wow. So yeah. there's a lot of... Uh, knowledge behind making these pipes and they actually do have two apprentices that have been making pipes for about five years now uh which is good because as you know you know some of the people are retiring the pipe makers and um, so they were lucky to find a couple of apprentices about five years ago and they've just started making their own pipes for dunhill so we're very lucky for that that's that's awesome. It's like, man, you, <laughs> I, who'd like everyone would like to have that job. You know, it's like I want to be the next guy at Dunhill making these, uh, you know, the best pipes in the world. That's a uh, that that's exciting. Um, that's really well, cool. So you you actually get to go to the factory then on a regular basis just to kind of have updates of the brand. But uh, it's interesting that they don't pull the curtain back completely, even for you, because they you know they they they're keeping their cards close to their chest. Like you said, that's part of the. Uh, mystique i guess of it um you know we think about uh you know things that aren't very well understood how people kind of gravitate towards that so that that makes a lot of sense to me yeah that's exactly right and and that's that is what they do uh yeah we go to the factory every year we hand pick every pipe that comes into the u.s market um, oh wow so we that's that's why we go there multiple times a year to uh, refresh our stock and pick everything out in person. Okay, okay. And, you know, that that's interesting. What is the Dunhill market like in the United States compared to other parts of the world? Is it, is it, is it similar? Is it larger? Is it, is it, is it smaller? What, it kind of give us a perspective on that. Well, uh, up until about, uh, I'd say, eight, ten years ago, the U.S. was the largest market for uh Dunhill and White Spot products, but Asia has since taken that over. Um, yeah, the Asian market is very, very big on brand. They're very brand name aware uh, type type people, um, and the Alfred Dunhill brand, whether it be clothing or the White Spot smokers products, they are yeah. very big into that, and so therefore the Asian market has taken over as the largest market in the world. Yeah, which which makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you even hear from artisan carvers, a lot of their uh, most premium stuff doesn't even get released to the American market. It goes straight, <laughs> you know, straight to uh, straight to China and and Japan and all the um, all the you know new wealth that's been created over there. Um, exactly. So that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um now, you know, we've mentioned this a couple of times, even just talking here in a few over the few minutes. But, you know, there is some confusion. A lot of folks, um, you know, they hear this term, the white spot. And of course, we you know, we're familiar with uh, the iconic Dunhill 
uh, logo, which is just the the very uh, tiny white dot that's on the top of every uh, every ebonite stem that is uh, hand cut by by Dunhill. It's always beautiful. It's very simple and elegant. But uh, you know, more and more over the past you know several years, we've been hearing the white spot more and more and and even stamped on the pipes that way and then uh you know dunhill it being called alfred dunhill or or you know uh the white spot by dunhill what tell us about kind of how that you know why is the the white spot kind of becoming dunhill's name um and 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 less dunhill pipes kind of can you kind of walk us through that a little bit sure uh it's if we go back in time we go back to the 1920s and look in some of the brochures, you would always see the white spot guarantee. And that was the guarantee that Alfred Dunhill put on his products, uh, guaranteed for, you know, two years, you know, man, any manufacturer's defects will replace it. That was the guarantee that you got when you purchased his product was the white spot guarantee. So that logo has been around since the late 1900. um, the 20, 1920s, around that time frame. Yeah. And what these days, um, probably in the, I'd say in the 80s, Alfred Dunhill, the family sold the company to um, a Swiss company, Richemont. And they are one of the world's largest luxury goods company. They own Cartier, Mont Blanc, numerous 15 to 20 luxury brands. Alfred wow. Dunhill okay, being so, one of them. So it's kind um, of a conglomerate in uh, luxury luxury brand, you know, everything from crystal to fountain pens. <laughs> exactly. That's right. They they own majority of luxury goods out there. So okay. a few years ago, as we uh, as we know, if you also go back in time, you see that Alfred Dunhill products were always into clothing, um, and they still are today. Well, the when you, when you belong to a large company like that, um, and you have two totally different brands, smokers' yeah. products versus clothing, um, there is some headbutting going on between the two. So, in order for the smokers' division to set themselves apart from the clothing division. They needed to use one of Alfred Dunhill's other names, which was the White Spot. Yeah. So what what this led to was um, all because if they want to put out a new, let's just say they want to come out with another cigar cutter or another pipe tamper, um, it does not have to go through all of the processes of approval through the entire chain of Dunhill worldwide. It can yeah. be manufactured and approved through the smokers division in London themselves because it's branded with their logo on it, which is the white spot. Yeah. So this helps us all. Um, whereas before it would take, it could take uh, up to, you know, two, three years to get even such things as a simple pipe tamper approved to be manufactured because it had to go through so many people. So when they came up, when they decided, okay, we will just use one of our other logos that hasn't been seen since the last time they really used it out in public was around in the 60s or 70s. It was okay. used a lot. 
Um, so therefore, the accessories, the, the pipe boxes are all being stamped now, the white spot. The pipes are being stamped Alfred Dunhill with a plural S, the white spot. This was yeah. also an old stamping that Alfred Dunhill used to use on his pipes. The logos on the pipes have changed in many different fashions about every decade, decade and a half anyway. Yeah. So there's nothing new yeah. to change the logo. Yeah. But it was in yeah. the end, it was a way for them to separate the smokers division from the clothing division. And it just makes everything run so much smoother. But believe me, the product is still made in the same factory. Yeah. Uh, product still made the same way by the same people. Yeah. It, it, it makes a lot of sense, you know, when you do kind of step back and think about it. I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, business decisions that went into that and probably some, uh, um, you know, marketing kind of things that, you know, people, uh, you know, if you've got that much money tied up in a company and, and so many different companies, you've got to be thinking about all these, uh, you know, all these various facets of, uh, of the, you know, business model. But, um, you know, when you're selling, when you're trying to sell wallets <laughs> and uh, money clips and, uh, you know, handbags and, you know, leather goods and, and jackets and uh, top hats and things like that, I guess that's just a, just a very different thing in some sense than a, than a Dunhill pipe. And so, um, you know, I guess from a streamlining standpoint, it does make, make a good bit of sense. It does. Of course, you know, we, you know, you and I and all of us, you know, still always wish that, you know, they, they didn't have to come out, come back with a, one of their other names that we could all still, you know, advertise it as Dunhill London products and, and Alfred Dunhill products. Um, but, you know, things change, times change. And, you know, the yeah um, people have gotten used to it now because it has been about, yeah. it's about four years going on now. Uh, that we've introduced the white spot name back out there. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, and we've gotten, uh, some good thoughts and, and good feedback from it. So yeah, it's, it just well, takes a little time. And it's obvious that the, you know, that the product is the same, that it's a Dunhill pipe. I mean, each and every pipe is still stamped Alfred Dunhill's, uh, the white spot, which is, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, important. And then, you know, the, the finishes are the same. You're still making the shell, you're still making the, uh, you know, the Cumberland, you're still making the Ruby bark and, uh, you know, and, and the dress pipe and all the other favorites, uh, the Bruyere, uh, that we love. So, um, yeah, all, all that makes a lot of sense. Uh, what, what is, what is your favorite finish? The most expensive one? <laughs> an, an outdoors type person. Um, for me, it would be probably be the Cumberland finish because yeah. a sand, or any of the sandblast finishes because I'm outdoors all the time. If you drop it, believe me, it's not going to hurt it. Uh, you're not going to see if right. it dings the pipe because it's nice and sandblasted. Um, it's more rugged is, is what I'm yeah. getting at, and that's kind of what I what I like. Yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense. Are the sandblasted pipes? Do they tend to be the better sellers in the American market? Yes, because the any of the sandblasted finishes are still a little lower on the price scale than any of the smooth finishes. There will yeah. always be more sandblast pipes available than smooth finishes, just like we we know we know that. Um, so therefore, that leads them to be a better seller than a smooth pipe. 
Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And so, you mm-hmm. know, you're just going to move more of those more of those pipes than you than you had. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it, it was interesting. You, you talked about with the former distributor that you worked for, uh, Music City, they kind of closed their doors and there's been some uh, consolidation and upheaval in the pipe industry over the past couple of years, um, it, just with regulations and all this other stuff. Um, you know, so Dunhill, I guess, technically was off the market for in the United States anyway uh, for about a year. Is that is that correct? Well, actually, he was only for about uh, three and a half months. Technically, it was off the market from May 2017 till September of 17. Um, During that time when the other company closed their doors, uh, beginning of May, uh, it then went back into the hands of Alfred Dunhill in London while they searched for another distributor. So yeah, yeah, we you know we didn't get to make it to the trade show, uh, and for about three something months it was off the market. But then we were back open middle of September. Yeah, yeah. Ha- has anything really changed from your perspective? Uh, you know, with the kind of new new push, Dunhill's back. Uh, you know, you're you're still offering obviously the same extremely high quality products or anything. Um, you know, is anything from the the company side kind of changed with that? new model uh nothing has changed in in the perspective of dunhill in london on our end a lot has changed being with augusta usa and the owners being in rome italy um, he travels to the factory every two months and picks out pipes we are getting the best of the best pipes that are coming out of the factory yeah, and we are getting constant shipments in. Whereas before, we were only allowed to go. I was only allowed with the previous company to go once a year to pick out pipes. Yeah. So the U.S. market did not get the best selection of pipes that the factory was putting out because of not being able to be there quite often when new products came out and this and that. So the selection that the U.S. market is seeing now and will see in the future will be, I would say, 110 times better than they've seen since 2003. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's really cool. Uh, you know, I, I got to meet you for the first time face to face in Chicago at the at the pipe show just a couple of weeks ago. And um, and it, it was incredibly apparent the the quality of the the pipes that you had there on hand, um, not just the the quality. Obviously, every Dunhill pipe is going to be high quality, but the variety that you had, um, you know, there, there were some of the more popular uh, finishes and shapes and combinations. It was it was encouraging to see that. Well, that's exactly right, and that's what we look for when we go pick out the pipes for our inventory to start with, is we look for, you always have to have the standard shapes. You've got to have the billiard. You've got to have the bulldog. Um, But we also look for the rarities. They're starting to do a lot of remakes from the 1930s catalogs. I love Um, that, yeah. So we'll see some shapes that are little, that have similarities to a current shape, but they are the exact copy of the pipe that was made from the 30s. We're starting to see more and more of that. So we will look for those odd little pieces coming out uh, 
you know, we'll, we'll grab anything that's different uh, that we can get our hands on. So yeah. it's we're really, really pleased with what's coming out of the factory. That's great. That's great. Yeah, it, it was exciting to see some of that. Of course, you're going to have the enthusiasts that are going to, you know, want the new the new model of something that hasn't been on the market for uh, decades. You know, which is really really cool. So, um, I mean, that's that's great. That's exactly right. Uh, so yeah, people. So you know, we try to just a as big of a variety as the factory will produce. We try to keep all aspects of that in stock at all times and um yeah. like i said with being it with going to the factory every couple months we're on top of what's coming out of production so we, we're, we're yeah. getting our hands on it that's great that's great you know uh, one one other thing i you know as we kind of uh, come to the close and wrap up uh there's been uh, we talk about confusion there's been a lot of confusion over the past couple of years you know we we heard that uh dunhill pipe tobaccos were were going away this has been uh, gosh, I guess maybe a year, year and a half ago now, and there was this big rush towards Dunhill pipe tobacco because you know they're going off the market, and uh, and 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 people kind of correlated that I think with the whole move away from Dunhill to the white spot and everything. But um, what a lot of folks don't understand are these these are all completely separate issues, and actually uh, actually the the Alfred Dunhill company hasn't had anything to do with pipe tobacco in um, gosh almost thirty years. Can can you kind of enlighten folks that maybe aren't familiar with that uh, that whole arrangement? Sure, and, you, and you're exactly right. Um, Alfred Dunhill Smokers Division or Alfred Dunhill as a company um, has not had any aspects, any holding shares, anything to do with tobacco products. Uh, tobacco, cigars, cigarettes, since the mid-80s. That's when they sold off all the rights to all those brands, all those different cigars and pipe tobacco and stuff. Um, Actual tobacco products, not the smoking implements themselves, but the tobacco products, yeah. That's right. That's right, the the actual smoking part of the uh, brand. But um, so... We do not have anything, any say-so or anything what happens to that. Um, and therefore, I've, I'm only hearing the same thing that you are, uh, that yeah. it, it is going off the market, and I've not heard a reason why. But it's going to be a shame because uh, I was at the Orlick factory in Denmark a few years ago watching the Dunhill pipe tobacco being made. And they had yeah. the exact recipes from that Dunhill used back in all those decades. And they were yeah. making it to the T. And I was very pleased and happy that it was still being done that way. Though, yeah. unfortunately, I would just say people get their hands on as much as they can right now. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it's funny. Well, um, man, dude, thanks thanks so much for, for joining us. Um you know, uh, just you know, as an aside, like how did you get into to pipe smoking? Just being around the brand, um, you know, talking. I, I visit tobacco shops all across the U.S. and you know, talking to these guys that have you know owned the store since the you know seventies or sixties or who, however long, and talking to them about different tobaccos. 
and how they smoke and all these aspects like that. So they kind of coached me along the way, finding the best tobacco that works right for me and all that kind of stuff. So just through trial and error. Yeah, and and I guess just being around the industry. So um, you mentioned uh, you know working at the the smoke shop there um, in Tennessee. What 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 was the name of that shop? That was Uptown Smoke Shop. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and they're still uh, they're still uh, they're in Nashville, I believe. Is that right? One is still open in Nashville. The one that I worked at uh, in Franklin had closed years years ago. Uh, okay. They do still have one open right now though. In Nashville, okay, mm-hmm. that's great. Okay, yeah. Well, man, that's great. If if people want to learn more about Dunhill, it, it, what is the best way? Dunhill, I guess, uh, you know, the White Spot Pipes. There, there's not really a central uh, website necessarily for that. Is that correct? No, there's not. And 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 the only reason that there isn't is because um, the people at the factory, there used to be, years ago, a historian, so to say, and he yeah. kept up with, you know, the beginning of when social media started taking off and websites and all kinds of information like that. But he has since retired, and there just simply isn't anybody at the factory that, number one, has time to dedicate yeah. themselves to that. So there's really not much information out there from the factory themselves but there is lots of reading information about the history of alfred dunhill yeah and things like that that anybody can look up um on the website it, it it's really cool you know to me it's it's kind of funny because you know any other brand that would be an impossible situation you know where you're not you don't have a you know a, just a a whole fleet of sites that are up and being updated constantly, but Dunhill—it's just such a such a legacy historic brand that um, you know th- those guys are so focused on making pipes over there in London that they uh, <laughs> they don't have time for Twitter and and everything else, and and frankly they don't have to, you know. And that's uh, I don't know you you, you got to respect that, I, and and frankly as a retailer I I, I envy that. <laughs> well, that's exactly right, and that's and, and the times that I've brought it up in the past, with they said, well, what do you want us to do? Sit on the computer all day and type, or do you want us to make pipes? Yeah. <laughs> That's and right. I said, well, okay, I can answer that for you. Why don't you just keep making pipes? <laughs> Let me do the groundwork for you. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Well, brother, yeah. man, it's so it's so great to talk to you, um, man. Chris Feltz with Augusta USA, uh, the American distributor for for Dunhill, the White Spot Pipes, and uh, brother, it's great to have you on. We appreciate you a bunch. I appreciate it, John David, and uh, anytime, just let me know. That sounds great. Thanks a bunch, man. Man, what a great discussion. Yeah, man, that's, really, that's awesome. Yeah, it was good. You know, I enjoyed talking to him. It, it, I, I do have to laugh. You know, it is funny uh, talking to someone uh, that represents such a sophisticated brand. And he, you know, he sounds like me, like he just kind of fell off the turnip truck, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did have that Southern draw. I, he, I, I liked he, that. He's yeah. good people, man. I, I, Chris is Chris is salt of the earth. He is. Uh, he's really good at his job. He's very, uh, very knowledgeable about uh, about these products. And, of course, uh, works hard and, and is a good representative for him but um you know dunhill it's just it's just the best i mean it, it really is and of course you uh have folks that uh you know they they save up enough of their pennies and that's one of the things that is like okay i've arrived i've, I've bought my dunhill and uh man we're glad to kind of
kind of unpack some of that. It's exciting to see them uh, vibrant in the U.S. market and continuing to grow, getting cool new pieces out there. And so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to follow them over the years to come. Well, man, somebody that we have really enjoyed following over the, the years past and looking forward to following even more in the years to come is our good friends over at Missouri Meerschaum. That's right, man. I know. Talk about quality pipes. That's right. So we have uh, Missouri Meerschaum, uh, our good friends there, uh, making some of the best pipes uh, in America. Yeah, man, I'm really stoked because uh, not only will I be enjoying uh, the the gifted uh, uh, Panama Jack Pina Colada, I'll actually be enjoying it in my Missouri Meerschaum Little Devil. That's right, pipe man. That's sponsoring this show. I know, I know. So we love the Little Devil. It's one of their newer pipes, and it's been uh, wildly popular. Of course, it comes in a uh, an acorn and a cutty variety. This is a, a really nice pocket pipe for the size and length of the pipe. It's got a, a generous bowl. Uh, just that really popular uh, kind of black. Uh, uh, rustic finish on the it's a smooth finish but the kind of uh, black mottled finish on the outside of the bowl and uh, and and all, as always a, a high quality black stem uh, there at the end so um, man just a just an excellent pipe it's a good travel pipe one of those that uh, you can tote with you and I'm sure will serve you well on the beach yeah absolutely you're sitting there on the deck you're looking at the beach you read your pirate novels and you got your little devil in your hey, mouth little it's, devil it's baby. gonna be good man I, know it. it's I can't gonna, wait it's gonna be solid so if you got a little devil smoke it this week take a picture of yourself while you do we love to retweet those out. It's a great way to let the folks at Missouri Meerschaum know that we appreciate them for sponsoring this show. Pipe question of the week. All right, man, we got a great pipe question of the week in this week. Yeah. This actually comes in from Gregory. Uh, as he requested he be called. Uh, (laughs) It's a question for the show. I just recently found the podcast and you guys are great. Thank you. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I've enjoyed pipes over the years, but due to some health issues, I've moved over to vaping, naturally extracted pipe tobacco through various e-pipes and... So far, I'm loving it. I have a collection of about seven different e-pipes that look similar to my old tobacco pipes. There's some pipe smiths out there making some beautiful e-pipes now. I'm still in the process of catching up prior to shows, but I'm curious as to how you guys, uh, how you feel about pipe smokers moving over to vaping, and if you embrace this at your store at all. Thanks. <laughs> Man, dog on it. Uh, Gregory, dude. Um, That's about the best pitch for vaping I've ever heard. It, it is. and It's it, probably know, also the only good pitch for vaping well, whatever, it, if I'm being honest. and it might be and you know of course gregory man it, it, this is kind of a loaded question right i mean right. I, I'm, I'm happy in some sense you found something that works for you and man you know i think that's uh i think that's great um you know in our in our shop at the squire uh we're we're really old-fashioned <laughs> you know we don't sell uh e-cigarettes or hookahs or um gosh any anything that uh you know looks uh it looks like you know it's anything modern we're, we're pretty old school um you know i have heard of other shops that are kind of branching into the e-pipe uh, industry, and and I, this actually news to me. I didn't realize that some uh, artisan makers were getting into the e-pipe uh, world. So, um, man, I, you know, I say more power to you. It's not something that uh, you know I ever find uh, myself particularly interested in. We we love uh, you know premium tobacco. We love the uh, the aroma that's a part of it, the flavor that's a part of it, the the process of uh, of lighting and tamping and all those things that make it so special. Um, you know, it, it's for each his own. You know, uh, it's it's not something necessarily that we embrace, but not from a judgment standpoint, just from a um, you know, just not our just preference, not our cup of tea standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess I guess that kind of thing. So, um, you know, we uh, but I, I have seen some uh, you know different uh, pipes, uh, not 
not up close, but you know, just pipes that uh, you know are made with the you know basically to use as a as a vaping tool. And um, yeah, I'd, you know, I'd be interested in learning more about it. I don't know a lot about it, but uh, you know, don't see anytime soon uh, carrying that kind of stuff at the Squire. I, you know, I think it's interesting in my general sense in the pipe community because occasionally this comes up. Um, you know, is that is that that is not. Um, not something that crosses over really well. Uh, you know, you've got some uh, pipe enthusiasts that might be interested in that, but but I, I think it's going to be more one or the other. You know, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just kind of the nature of it. Yeah, I mean, and, and who knows? At some point, maybe this this might require change. its own episode. But yeah, you sure. know, I almost I, I I've always kind of seen it as as vaping being kind of the alternative specifically for what you're talking about here in terms of health issues or, or, yeah. you know, for somebody who, who may have an addiction as kind of, you know, facilitating a uh, habitual action without, you know, getting uh, all the negative effects. Yeah, or exactly. Yeah. But, but for most, I mean, we've talked about this before and of course, obviously this is probably a broader brush than, than one should paint with, but I mean, it typically seems that the, a pipe smoker is is less likely to be addicted yeah. to tobacco than say like a cigarette smoker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I mean, obviously, there's exceptions to that rule, but because of all the actions required, yeah. Like if, if you're addicted, if you're addicted to nicotine, if you're addicted to tobacco, you're the, not smoking a pipe. The, the, like the, you, the pipe is the, not the not the preferred uh, yeah, exactly. instrument of delivery in that case. Yeah. You, boy, it sure is a lot of work. To you got to you got to work for yeah. it with the pipe. And I think yeah. to, for me personally, that that's one I, of. I agree. I think actually that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah I so, really do. Hey, great. Question question man and I, I think uh you know like we said man more power to you glad you found something that works for us i i, I don't personally see a lot of crossover because all the knickknacks and the uh, experience of the pipe and the process is is a lot of the fun for me and I, I you know maybe maybe some of that translates into the the e-pipe world but i i'm just not familiar with it no I'd, I'd, and I'd, i would be curious to uh to, to hear some thoughts too from yeah. listeners as to what what y'all's thoughts are in that yeah. department as well but great question gregory and hey if you've got a pipe question of the week send it in show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire questions. Ow! All right, man. Quick fire questions brought to us by the good folks at Ten Society. More on them in just a moment. But we are continuing on the quick fire questions that we've gotten from Anonymous. And uh, all right, so here we go. The theme of this one, again, we're, we're working together. That's yeah. what Anonymous has we're been trying to get us to do. Working together right through, and then we've got different themes. Okay? Exactly. And, and by, by the way, when I say Anonymous, we're not, of course, talking about the hacktivist group. We are talking about somebody who has wished to remain nameless, as they have sent in these questions to us. And here we go. The theme is adventure. We're working together. Okay. First to climb a new mountain, or first to explore an undisturbed tomb? Ooh. Ooh. Interesting. Undisturbed tomb. Like, give me King Tut, baby. Like, I want to be the guy that goes in there and sees, like, things that haven't been seen yeah. for, like, millennia. So, I'm as long as it's, like, wide enough that I can, like, stretch my arms out, yeah. then I'm, I'm there. I don't want to, like, crawl no, no through, Claustrophobic like, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah I, can't, yeah. I can't crawl the stuff through it. But I do feel like that compared to mountain climbing, which sounds awesome. That's uh, pretty cool. But it also sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I could just walk into like a pyramid that's already been excavated, except yeah. for this one room, and then I just walk into that room, and I'm the first guy. Yeah, I'd do that. We'll, we'll, we'll hold up the torches. I mean, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get tired of holding up the torches, if we're being honest. We can't we can't rock climb. That's fantastic. Belunk. I know, right? Uh, all right, so next one is explore the ocean depths or spend time in the Earth's orbit. Man, these are good questions. They are. Wow. 
Uh, I'd love to know who Anonymous is because uh, they seem really thoughtful. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm probably going to go with spend time in Earth's orbit. I, I'm I'm a space nerd. I you know I've always been kind of a, a physics junkie from a you know very uh, you know uninformed <laughs> standpoint. But yeah, still, I yeah, just yeah. you know the whole uh, you know quantum mechanics and relativity and all that stuff really interests me. The cosmology and astronomy. Um, I, I don't know. I might have to go with space. You know, I'm fascinated by. And I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I mean, I'm fascinated by the the amount of unexplored areas on Earth specifically yeah. in terms of the the depths of our own ocean and yeah. like what still lives down there and what can be found. And yeah. if you think about, you know, uh, you know, I just even even in the golden age of piracy and just when like the world was run by all these ships and how much of that history was sunk down to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. And how much is still down there? How much uh, treasure and debrooms are still down uh, there? It's true, man. Plus sea monsters, the Kraken and the, and Kraken. the Megalodon and all of these like, <laughs> you know, ancient uh, sea creatures. That's that, true. That could be out there. That's true. It's terrifying. I'm going to space. Yeah, let, let, let's do <laughs> let's do space. All right, and then uh, finally, first contact with an undiscovered people, or discover a new, th- uh, or discover a new, though long gone, ancient civilization. Uh, let's see. Let's think about that because that sounds kind of similar, right? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, first contact with undiscovered people, or discover a new, uh, basically, ancient civilization that never. Uh, I don't know if I, I well I tell you what let's 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 flip it on this one. So how about maybe first contact with uh, with with space aliens? Okay. Or uh, through or, or from a, a a long gone ancient civilization, undiscovered ancient civilization on Earth. I think I'd rather go with the space aliens. Yeah. How did we find them? Did they come to us and like they're cool or like? Okay, so you know that, I mean? so is that part of your answer? Would that be that your answer would depend on that, right? Yeah, like like they it, like they came to us and they're cool and friendly, or or we went and found them and then they were like, oh wait, what is this? We got to quash these people. I kind of feel like in both of these situations, we're talking about like uh, groups of people that have like far superior technology than what we're comfortable with. Yeah, like even an ancient civilization on Earth that has yet to be quote discovered, right, has done something technologically to like remove them from the planet. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it made them undiscoverable. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, and then the aliens, they 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 traveled from space from areas that we've never <laughs> seen before. This is a terrifying scenario, one way or the other, in terms of like you know, are we technologically ready to to have these conversations? Are are the um uh, the Vulcans? Uh, ready to come down and say like, oh, yeah. you made it. You did this one thing that that makes it okay. You know, I initially went with aliens, but I'm gonna go with the undiscovered civilization on Earth because they're probably gonna be much more understanding and friendly, right? Towards uh, towards pipe smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. And at least we got we got the whole like like, hey, yeah, humans, awesome. No, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Shared technology, you know, yeah, as opposed yeah. to aliens who might be like, oh yeah, we're gonna invade your planet and right. kill you all and. and Take all your resources. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> Let's go with that. All right. Well, great questions again from Anonymous. Uh, and we, you know, these great quick, quick fire questions, of course, brought to us by the good folks at Tin Society. Yeah, man, the Tin Society. Of course, uh, man, one of the uh, leading uh, pipe uh, hobby. Gosh, Mike. Sorry about that. No, that's all right. 
Uh, Tent Society, an amazing online service. You know, this is great. It's a subscription service. We get quality tobacco sent to you on a monthly basis. If you want to expand your palate, taste what's out there. Uh, you know, if you want to have the palate of John David Cole to be able to pick out the little this and little that and all the different words and intricacies that he mentions on the show, mm. pretend like you know what he's talking about <laughs> by actually knowing what you're talking about and expanding your palate with the Tent Society. If you go to TentSociety.com and use the code Squire, you get 20% off on your first month's service. Plus a free Missouri Meerschaum pipe. Man, I cannot tell you how much we love the folks over there. They are passionate pipe uh, people. They love tobacco. They love the pipes. They love the craft. They love the community. And they're definitely a service you want to get behind. So again, that's TenSociety.com. Use the code SQUIRE for 20% off on your first month's service. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. All right, man, listener feedback. Yes, sir. All right. The first one comes in. We got an iTunes review from Bullfella73. What do you have to say? Yeah. He says, Samaritans of Smoke. Ooh. Ooh, Is he talking about us? That's cool. Not everyone that loves the pipes has someone to share their love of pipes with. Uh, Sadly, the company is limited. Uh, This is where my boys JD and Bo come in. They offer terrific insight into the piping life, uh, the podcast that helps those of us in the community find excellent blends, pipes, and ways to approach our hobby. Not only this, but it puts you in that zen-like pocket that a perfect bowl of backy should. Uh, thanks for offering the most excellent company and being the magnificent Samaritans of smoke that you guys are. Man, a great high praise, brother. Thank you so much. I'm glad we can uh, you know, assist you a little bit along your, uh, along your pipe journey. Man, absolutely. We we also got a uh, message in from JD Smoking Pipes. I believe this came in from uh, from yeah. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, J- Jim Deshane. Uh, let's see. Uh, he says uh, another great Chicago pipe show, guys. Uh, great to see you again, uh, Jonathan. I, lo- I love Jim because he always uh, he always or JD he always calls me calls you uh, by Christian. He, ca- he always calls me Jonathan. Yeah, which, <laughs> which I really appreciate that. Yeah, you know it's a yeah, and, and it's not an old. He's not an old friend, but that's I, I know my old friends when they call me Jonathan. Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's good stuff. That's good. Um, he goes on to say, uh, missed you, Bo. Uh, Bo, you keep talking about barbecue and tobaccos to pair it with. How about some gumbo and Ooh. jambalaya Ooh. and tobacco? I hear you make a palatable dish. Uh, challenge issued. <laughs> he oh, says, uh, man. man, have a great week, guys. And that's uh, Jim from JD Smoking Pipes. Of course, uh, incredibly talented pipe carver from California and and a very good friend of the oh, show. Oh, the carver of the nicest yeah. pipe I own. By, 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 <laughs> yeah, sorry, no, no, right? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, JD, I am with you on that one, man. That's that's uh, so now now I have to argue this whole deal about the ridiculousness of, of barbecue and and pairing it with pipe tobacco and now we and now we've got a an a, a episode to get past beyond that where we have to do uh, gumbo and jambalaya. I'm Look. Not- an after dinner, like that could be the theme, right? It could be an after dinner series of you just had this exquisite meal. Because, you know, what is better after a really like good meal? Your tummy's full. You just had some good quality a food. A drink and a pipe. A drink and a pipe. No, I mean, I, yeah, okay, that's that's fair. That's right? fair. That's fair. Okay. All right. So this it, it's it's at some point, JD, we're working. Well, JD smoking pipes. Right. <laughs> Deshane, man, we're working him. We're working him. We're no, getting there. Well, you know, uh, it, it, eventually maybe you'll wear it down. But right now the shell is still very hard. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Pharaoh's heart was hardened even more. <laughs> well, man, uh, what a, what a great episode. You know, we, we we've got to tell you, um, the, an episode like uh, this one where we've got a. Uh, a guest calling in requires a little bit of extra technical work. And so, you know, we, we don't do it enough and we absolutely should, but big shouts out to our producer, Mike, uh, who does all the kind of the, the, the behind the scenes work and uh, making us sound uh, 
I mean, like, if we sound good, it's because of Mike. I no, guess that's, that's right. the way to say it. That's right? exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> especially this episode, he he really had to go above and beyond. So so big big shouts out to him. Also, we uh, want to encourage you. We will be back live next Monday night with the special episode going with the deep dive into these new FDA uh, announcements. Uh, you can listen to us at CountrySquireRadio.com. Join us at eight thirty p.m. Central. That's six thirty Pacific, nine thirty Eastern. Uh, you can also follow us throughout the week. You can follow me. I'm at the Real Bo York. I'm at John. David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at, at underscore Country Squire. And of course, the show's handle is at Squire Radio. But again, all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. <laughs> well, man, what a, what a great episode. Dude, we got fun, man. Yeah, it was good good to catch up with Chris and, man, some some uh, a little bit of encouraging news, you know, here and there. And uh, yeah, it's good times in the pipe world. Absolutely, man. It's good. Looking forward to next week, too, and uh, being back after my. Hopefully, I'll, I'll be tanned and not burned. Yeah, you'll probably look like a lobster. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> crisp. <laughs> <laughs> be good. Well, hey, man, let's go have a night. See you, brother. You've been listening to Country Squire Radio, a member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit Pottery.com. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.